All right, let's get into it. It is the Week 15 Fantasy Primer, the Fantastic Insider Football Podcast. I'm Dan Klaskins. He's James Adams. We get together every week during the season here on Tuesday nights to set the stage, to talk about what was, and get you ready to win. And that's definitely what we're here to do today. We're also going to start turning the page a little bit, putting some finishing touches on this season. As we look back a little bit at positions today, we'll talk some running backs. We got the injury report to get into. A quick glance ahead, and we got to talk about some Thrive Fantasy for you as well. And definitely, uh, if you're fading out in season-long leagues, now's the time to get more involved in some of these player props. And we'll talk about that much more. And uh, James, glad to have you back this week. Uh, it was definitely a little different without you around, uh, and you survived. You got back into the country. You, 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 I don't know. Technically, your liver is still being probably measured to <laughs> see if it survived. But uh, nice to have you back. Hope you had a good time, bro. Had a great time. I tried to make sure I drank at least two liters of water every morning before I started drinking alcohol on vacation. So I'd, I'd be willing to bet that I was one of the healthier people on this vacation. I'm not sure what that says about the Closer to the Sun Jeez Music Festival. Beats. But I actually took heat from somebody at breakfast one day because I had salad and fruit on my plate. He was like, damn, you're getting all, all healthy. And he was he was like a look, normal looking fella too. I was like, uh, just trying to. Trying trying to make it through this week, dog. But I made it. It was awesome. Uh, but I rest assured, Dan, I got home Monday night. It took me, I, I I don't know, two, three minutes before Monday night football was on. My laptop was open. I was checking scores that I had already caught up on in the airport. And of course I had Wi-Fi there anyway. So it didn't take me very long to get right back into regular old fantasy degenerate James mode. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely uh, and we, yeah, we love fantasy degenerate James mode. He's a fun guy to hang out Thank with you. too. And uh Dude, I uh, haven't talked to you at least on air uh, or through the podcast here since you took down that survivor pool we've been sweating out for weeks. And, uh, you know, James, if I was going to see my three $25 entries go into somebody's <laughs> pocket, besides, you know, my wife and myself, couldn't think of a better person. Because now, guess what? You owe me at least, at least I'm going to get you to a happy hour here sometime soon because you uh, definitely could uh, at least give me my $25 back in a few shots. I will do that without question, and uh, that's funny. I did meet a Dolphins fan. They had a, a, a Dolphins flag hanging from their balcony in the middle of the day, and I trust me, I told him how much I love the Dolphins, and I told him why. But yeah, man, yeah, so I'm at the Bengals game. I'm, I'm really, I'm watching scoreboard, watching uh, as as it crazy as it can be. And this and was the Bengals game two weeks ago. This was that's the, correct. The so Bengals this was Chargers. Week. Beat down. Uh, debacle, yeah, in week 13. And so, you know, I'm, I go inside. I'm like, hey, can we get uh, this game on? Because it looked like the Dolphins were going to win. The other two teams that were still alive had the Vikings, which, oh, by the way, I had the Vikings in. I had the Bengals in, then the Vikings, then finally pivoted to the Dolphins as my as my tinker, which paid off, apparently, because the other two teams I had in lost. But, uh, yeah, I finally got to a location that uh, could outside. I left the Bengals game way early because they were getting shellacked, and I wanted to see the end of this Vikings Lions game. So I was uh, I was down at Yard House actually down there on the banks. And uh, uh, needless to say, I still couldn't tell you who won the who scored the touchdown. I know golf threw it. Uh, somebody for the Lions caught it. Um, that's kind of been the receivers' uh, uh, story all year. Anyways, who is Khalif Raymond or Josh Reynolds? I really still don't. I swear to God, I don't know who got it. <laughs> Because I start, I was already partying, partied harder, and took off from Mexico like eight hour, uh, twelve hours later the next uh, morning. So, but yeah, I, I erupted in the bar. Um, my family came to meet me after the game later because we actually had a crew at the uh, game. My sister stopped high fiving me because she was afraid I broke her hand when uh, 
I saw the Lions went up two scores. Of course, they blew it, but did make the comeback. So it was a wild story. And, Dan, to put a whole bow on this season and this whole gambling adventure, if you recall, I had that bet that I thought was a surefire bet that the uh, Jags were going to get. They were going to be the last winless team. And it was them and the Lions that were the last winless teams. And the Lions kept snatching defeat from the jaws of victory, as they say, with the 66-yard field goal by Justin Tucker, so on and so forth. I'm like, God, do I hate the Lions. They just let me down, let me down. But when the big dollars were on the line, much more than that uh, $20 bet at 16-1, to 1, the Lions finally came through. So I, from hating the Lions all year because of how they ruined my great Jags bet that I thought I made, they paid big dividends. So uh, there's a whole lot more about just, just doing shots at Yardhouse, but that was the football part of it. Yeah, the irony of that is pretty right? remarkable. I didn't put that together. So, James, just when I think that, you know, James, I'm, you're going to take us out to happy hour, but it's our guy Skeeter Robinson. Who's going to buy it, take us out to dinner, dude? Uh, we got to get him back for another trip down to Walt Hitching Post down there. Whatever, <laughs> no doubt. Because Skeeter, he fills in for you last week. We make the Thrive Picks. He goes on to win the $10,000 slate. We talk about it every week here. Well, it's real for him. I couldn't believe it. It came down to Sunday night. He's texting me before the Sunday night game. Texting both of us. Of course, you're still in Mexico at the time. And he's like, I need 24 and a half completions over to win $10,000 on the Thrive Slate. And I was like, holy crap. Rodgers ends up with 29. Congrats to Skeeter. We'll talk to him on the show. We'll, we'll go through all that with him. But that's freaking awesome, James. So awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm absolutely. So, like, here, here's part of me. I'm like, man, I haven't even gotten back into the States to, like, gloat about winning my uh, my Survivor League. And here Skeeter has one up to me big time. I'm thinking, do I even have a job when I get back here in the fantasy world? Because <laughs> as happy as I was to win that, a big survivor pool. Here comes Skeeter. But yeah, I mean, I was like, like, I'm the one out of work. What are you talking about? I'm <laughs> over here losing everything. Somebody's got to tie this thing together, though. <laughs> Trust me. Check out the golf podcast. You'll understand. <laughs> but okay. no, I, I, you know, like, I'm, I'm like, hey, I came intent on that Thrive contest several weeks ago and won 500. I was like, oh, heck yeah. Like, I'm the man. But God bless Skeeter. You know, that's one thing I've learned, man. If you're, if you're, uh, if you're doing good and you're the guys you're talking to, it kind of just, it kind of all works out. Like, you know, we're all feeding off of each other here. And so I will feed off of Skeeter's dime if he does take us to Waltz. And then yes. I guarantee you that I'll buy shots, which is, by the way, an easy out for me because Skeeter's a non-drinker. <laughs> yeah, he's a cheap date in that regard. That's, That's correct. Sure. So we'll have him join us Saturday on the show. But let's dive into what we're here to talk about today. And uh, obviously, fantasy playoffs starting up in most leagues this week. So if you made it, congratulations. We are so happy you did. And, uh, you know, it, there's nothing better than making the fantasy playoffs. And it, it really sucks missing the fantasy playoffs. So if you didn't make it in all your leagues, uh, don't beat yourself up. I mean, there's a reason that all the teams don't play. And sometimes... Sometimes it's really out of your hands uh, with different things that happen, and it, it is fun. So hopefully over these next few weeks, we'll guide you in there. If you fell out, it could be a great chance to get into Thrive Fantasy. Be like Skeeter. Win that $10,000 first place prize. is a $40,000 guaranteed contest. It's $20 to enter. They also got that prop lobby over there where you can get two, three, and four-player prop parlays. It's all at Thrive Fantasy. Uh, and uh, they're giving you 100% interest in deposit bonus match up to $100 when you sign up with the promo code FANTISTICS. And James and I will do our best to pull a Skeeter later in the episode, picking a few of our uh, picks on that slate for you. But James, before we get into anything, we're sort of transitioning away from the waiver wire. It's that time of year. There's just, you know, how many times can we tell you to handcuff your dudes and, and do right. that? But we did want to spend just a couple minutes talking about this running back position this year. And 
for me, it's a natural thing. I do. It's a little early for it, but definitely by the time we get into the NFL playoffs and the fantasy championships have all been crowned and it's really going back, looking at my rankings. I know we'll do our lessons learned, but over these next few weeks, as we wrap up the, the first season of the podcast here, let's talk about just the guys that maybe we got wrong or right, or the biggest people were surprised by. I'm looking back at my final preseason rankings right now. And, you know, injuries aside, I mean, obviously Derrick Henry's not going to end up where I had him projected at RB3, but it is interesting. I mean, coming off the major injuries in hindsight, sort of following that group think with Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook, I did have my doubts on it. Like, why is this guy getting off Scott's free when Joe Mixon's ended up in round two? But I'm looking, you know, at my ranks here. And I mean, really, that's the, the biggest thing at the top was that. I would say I was way low on DeAndre Swift. Same, big time. I had him way too low. Probably a little lower on Eckler than I should have been. A lot of that was based on the durability concerns I didn't apply to the others. But when we had D. Orlando Ledbetter on back in June, and he, we were talking about Mike Davis, I was not a fan of Mike Davis. I was I I ranked him like twenty nine in my final rankings, which is which was far beneath the average. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was mostly based off of workflow. But when D. Orlando Ledbetter came on and told us in June or, or July, I guess it was, about how Cordero Patterson was going to get in the mix, like I thought the dude was smoking crack that day. <laughs> but I never was high on Davis. And after that week one performance where he was viable, I picked him up for on the cheap, man, in like four or five leagues for like a dollar a fab. Mm-hmm. Uh so I wouldn't say I got it right on draft day, but that was something I jumped on early. What about you, man? I mean, just looking at the surprises, the disappointments, maybe some sleeper you really liked uh, that has panned out or, or vice versa. I would say first and foremost, like I went very heavy on running backs. So my sleepers, I can't say that I was dialed into a sleeper. And let's face it, I mean, a sleeper at running back was a fifth or sixth rounder. And I was taking a lot of running backs earlier than that. So I can't say I hammered a sleeper pre-draft day, but I'm with you. I mean, Cordero Patterson is on several of my teams, um, you know, a couple of my football guys' teams, and those teams are doing pretty good. Um, he, he has got to be – he's going to be the pickup, and it was kind of the same thing for me. Like, the leagues where I picked him up, I was desperate, and there wasn't a whole lot on the waiver wire. So, honestly, by the time he was the hot commodity, I think he was sp- uh, picked up in, in most leagues. So, he was really the biggest – pick up for me the biggest uh surprise if you will although look at our gsi best ball team he's on that roster now grant i probably took him around 25 of the draft so yeah. i can't slap my back too hard there but i would say he's probably my biggest surprise too in a good way my biggest surprise in a bad way and is probably also a thing i got wrong saquon barkley so i know he was coming off of a knee injury and my expectations was he was maybe going to start slow, but hit the ground running pretty firmly. Now, here's the deal. He got hurt again. So I know we say, oh, the injury, this and that. But drafting a hurt guy, and then I got it wrong because I drafted a hurt guy, expecting him to be great. And let's face it, whether it's the offensive line, whether it's the fact that nobody else on the Giants offense can do anything uh, proper, it just was a bad pick. Even if Saquon had stayed healthy, I don't think where I was taking him late first, early second, I still don't think it was a good pick at that point. So I, I can definitely say that that's one of those things I definitely got wrong that I'll regret. There's some philosophy things with running backs too, depending on leagues that we play in, like football guys versus KFFSC versus home leagues and stuff. There's yeah. some things I got wrong there too. 
Well, I think you're looking at some of the biggest busts, especially that weren't really injury driven. Was there a bigger bust than Trey Sermon? No. I mean, here's a guy that, I mean, frankly, I didn't have much exposure to in season long. I, I, I was sort of avoiding that backfield uh, just because I was unclear of who was going to get it. I did have Sermon ranked higher than Mostert, though. And I was pretty much in line with the industry at having him as RB28. But, I mean, dude, it was pretty apparent there right out of the gate in week one, Elijah Mitchell, who became the waiver wire pickup of the year, maybe outside between him and Patterson, I guess. Yeah. But probably Patterson's been more healthy. But at the end of the day, like, Trey Sermon didn't get that hurt. I mean, I know he's had a few injuries. He just flat out didn't get the job. And uh, even in Dynasty, James, like, I think he's done in San Francisco. Like Trey Sermon is I don't know if I've seen a stock at running back fall faster. And the thing is, is I mean, who knows? I mean, Elijah Mitchell, I mean, right now it's looking good, but that's a viable position. But I mean, Trey Sermon was uh, being drafted as an RB three everywhere. Mm-hmm. And and some people and Trey Lance, when we get to the quarterbacks, I mean, <laughs> there was a guy that I got burned on a little bit more. But as I'm looking at my top 30 running backs, I mean, that's the guy, injuries aside, that became the greatest disappointment. Tyson Williams, he got that hot in my final rankings. I moved him up and put him as a back-end RB2. That one was a mess. Uh, I'll tell you what, the guys I I didn't, I wish I would have done more of. We talked about DeAndre Swift. I was a little lower on him than he should have been. But, man, Leonard Fournette was the guy. That whole Tampa Bay situation. I had Ronald Jones ranked six spots higher than Fournette. Fournette's carrying me in the Scott Fishbowl right now, but I don't have too many shares of him. But if you're talking about an RB that you got in the mid-rounds of a draft that's going to win you a league, there's the guy. Yeah, I'm with you. Ronald Jones was a guy that I was taking just because you could get him a round or two after Fournette towards the end. So I had him in a couple of leagues. You rest assured, uh, I no longer have him on any rosters. Um, One other running back that I think we definitely have to say has been, uh, maybe he wasn't as big of a bust as Trey Sermon, but... He was certainly a monumental bust, and he was being drafted a little bit earlier than Trey Sermon. That's Miles Sanders in uh, Philadelphia. And look, you can say what you want about games on IR. At least, I mean, he missed three games, but he was. And look, I'm not even. I'm not even like throwing shade at at Miles Sanders either. By the way, because I just the usage was never there, and that that could have a lot to do with the fact that you've got a run a quarterback that's running the ball for sixty to hundred yards, taking away some of those run plays. Some of it is just straight-up play calling and getting the ball in his hand because there are times where he looked good in games, but he still ended up with, like, you know, 10 carries for 60 yards and, you know, one catch or something. That's not doing anything for you in fantasy where you drafted him. And so it was a lot of times maybe just the usage as opposed to his actual talent. And, yeah, I know he missed a couple games, but he he was a big bust too. Yeah. Nick Chubb, I mean, I know he's been a little dinged up, only 10 games. I mean, he's RB15 right now. There was a guy – that you would think, especially with Kareem Hunt's injuries, would have mm-hmm. more opportunities there. Michael Carter was a hot name people were reaching on, and I think he's coming back this week. We'll talk about that on injuries, but he's still RB26 on the season. And Javante Williams, I know a lot of owners may be kicking their butt, and Melvin Gordon's been pretty fantastic in his own right, but Javante Williams, RB14 in half-point PPR leagues, Melvin Gordon, RB16. Obviously, Gordon was coming about three or four rounds later, so ROI is good there, but... I mean, if you drafted Javante Williams in round four and you're like, oh, it hasn't come to fruition. I mean, round four for RB14 is still not a bad return. And no. uh, that guy definitely is only going to get better. So uh, in terms of 
the number one running back, Jonathan Taylor, I mean, by far, 16 touchdowns. We've seen Austin Eckler. Eckler's frustrating because I still he gets dinged up every game. He's cost me twice this year in player props when he was on track and couldn't finish a ball game. But he's there if you look at his points per game average. So it's mm-hmm. definitely hard to argue with Joe Mixon. He's been able to stay healthy. Uh, it's cooled off these last couple games, but already at 1,000 yards and 12 touchdowns. We mentioned Fournette at number five and Najee Harris. Fast start hasn't been as great of late, but still getting it done as an RB one. Those are those are your guys carrying you. Kamara's been a little dinged up, so he's more of a back end RB one than he than a front end one. But it will be interesting as, as James as we turn the page to next year. I mean, clearly, I think Taylor's everybody's RB one. Who else mm-hmm. makes up that top five as you rank them here today? Derrick Henry's number two. I mean, look, I know he's getting old, whatever, but. What he did, I mean, the the pace he was on, he was going to be the NFL's MVP. So Derrick Henry's going to be number two. Now, if you're talking a PPR league, I don't know what's going to be under center for for, uh, Pittsburgh, but I think Najee Harris has got to be number three. And and maybe that fluctuates. I don't know. Between that line and the quarterback catches. He has 60 catches this year. I get it. I get it. But, I mean, I'm not saying the dude's not a first-rounder, but I, I, number three is a bit aggressive for me, I think. I, I like youth at running back. That's something I'm learning. Like, already Christian McCaffrey and, and Saquon Barkley are too old and getting hurt. Like, I like youth, so I know that, uh, obviously, King Henry doesn't fit that mold, but he's got to be right there, too. After that, I don't know. I mean, when DeAndre Swift is healthy, I mean, maybe I'm overreacting because of how wrong I was about him this year because I just thought that team was so bad. I don't know, man. When he's healthy, maybe he's a guy you got to consider in that top group too. And then, of course, it's going to pay to see where some of these free agents go. Like, you know, does J.K. Dobbins make a full recovery? And do we all of a sudden say, hey, he's the horse there in Baltimore now? You know, maybe we find him up there. Maybe it's Antonio Gibson. Maybe it is Javante Williams. Christian McCaffrey fall. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I still think he's in the mix in, in the first round. Um, but he's at the end of the first round, and and I get we've probably said 10, 12 running backs. That may be what first round is, as most of those running backs it's still. It's going to be fun. Plenty of time to debate that. We'll continue the debate uh, as we work our way into the offseason even further. But let's talk this week. Let's get ready for these fantasy playoffs, James, and let's start by taking a look at some of the big injury news that's out there and definitely get you caught up on what you need to know and I'll tell you, before we even get into injuries, James, I mean, a couple things to note. One, buys are over, so that's yep. great. Uh, I'm really excited about that. And secondly, something I'm not excited about, but, dude, I mean, these COVID cases are getting hard to even keep up with at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, in terms of the pandemic and outside of football, I mean, that's a whole other conversation. Uh, but, I mean – it's coming and wreaking its ugly head at any time. And I'm just hoping it doesn't happen to some of my key fantasy players at this most pivotal time of the year. But um, so, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, some of the different things out there on the injury front, though, um, specifically, I know playing on the short week, a lot of eyes are going to be on these chargers uh, and Chiefs, particularly on the Chargers side where, you know, you've got Keenan Allen with the COVID case. He missed the game last week. Getting him back obviously would be clutch. We saw Austin Eckler getting ta- – they put so much tape on him. He never did come back in the game. They had a big lead. But, dude, they used like three rolls of tape. I was watching it live. 
like trying to tape his ankle up and he tweaked. <laughs> I'm like, if it takes that much to tape, you probably don't need to come back into a game where you're up three scores. And I think that's ultimately where they landed. Mm-hmm. But a limited participant in Tuesday's practice, fully expected to have his practice reps limited coming off this injury. But is he at 100%? Again, I mean, Eckler can't argue about the production, but it seems like the dude's always hurt. I will not be throwing him in any prop bets this week. I promise you that uh, because I'm a little scared off by it. And then, of course, uh, obviously you've got uh, Mike Williams with the heel issue. I don't think there's anything big there. Probably just a maintenance day. Um but all all situations to monitor. Thursday night football, we've got two on Saturday this week, James, as Love well. It. We'll get into the full slate. But the quarterback injuries are interesting, um, particularly, uh, I mean, Joe Burrow, it didn't look like his pinky was a big factor last week. That's for sure. No. No, I mean, unfortunately, I could only see some of it on Red Zone Channel because it was not the uh, nationally televised game in Mexico where I was at, unfortunately. What game so, was? Just out of curiosity. Uh, we had the uh, Brady-Josh uh, Allen game. Okay, well, that makes and sense. And then was it Chargers-Giants was the other one? So, yeah, so I'm, I'm staring at Red Zone and every, every once those. in a while. I get yeah, behind those. The biggest injury at quarterback, though, Lamar Jackson carted mm-hmm. off in the second quarter. Tyler Huntley didn't look bad. I cut Lamar. I had a buy in the Scott Fishbowl as my the conference, the division winner there, or, or conference champ or whatever. Or I guess division winner. Um, but looking at Lamar Jackson this week, I need him, dude. And we'll have to see if he practices. But even if he goes out there, James, on this hobbled ankle, I mean, here's a guy that's been struggling. He makes his fantasy money on on the ground. This is really concerning, even if he's able to tough it out here. And Taylor Heineke also injuring his knee didn't look great. I mean, Dallas just manhandled the Washington football team with the blitz up front. So those are two really critical situations. I got goose egged on Terry McLaurin. I know the production's been down, but it wasn't even on McLaurin in this game. Heineke didn't have but like a second to get rid of the ball. Oh, yeah, that Dallas defense absolutely swarming. And uh, not to mention, uh, how about the flex on Dallas by bringing in their own bench? That I don't even know what that's all about, but that's hilarious um, that they did that in that game. And you're right, dude, Lamar. I mean, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago on the uh, Fantastic Show on Saturday that, you know, his, his production, he had had two good games out of his last five. Now, he's had two games since then, since I've, you know, been away and missed uh, last Sunday. But he, he had two good games out of five, and he missed one with the non-COVID illness. He really has struggled down the stretch, so he needs to pick it up. But you're right. Without the legs there, they're in trouble. And by the way, Baltimore needs his legs because you talked about it. We talked about running back with Tyson Williams, and I mentioned J.K. Dobbins. I mean, their running back room is not good at its fullest strength that it could be at this point in the season. So they need him to run the football. So they need him badly in a division race that's, as crazy as it sounds, probably still wide open for all six or six, all four teams. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I definitely think that that is a situation to monitor. We talk about DeAndre Swift. There is some optimism that maybe he comes back this week. Uh, so, you know, fantasy owners that have him would love to see that if they're still alive in the playoffs. Elijah Mitchell, will he come back from this concussion? Last week it was sort of a split load. And I warned people on the Saturday show against plugging Jeff Wilson in there. I got a lot of questions on him. And he got the attempts, but no catches, no touchdowns. Debo Samuel getting eight carries. So unless it's a running back named Elijah Mitchell, I will not be putting any 49ers running backs, unless you say Debo Samuel's a running back, but he's a wide receiver in league eligibility. He's the new Cordero Patterson, bro. Yeah, but he's not eligible at running backs in any <laughs> Well, I know, I know, I know. 
Uh, but so you got those situations. Obviously, I think the big one, Daryl Henderson on the COVID list, is he vaccinated? Is he not? I don't know if we know that definitively. If he's not, it's a 10 day quarantine, which would encompass this game as well, which keeps Sony Michelle viable for at least one more week. Tony Pollard with that foot issue. They're saying he's making some progress. So we'll have to see on that. Can JD McKissick come back from his concussion? That will certainly help take a little pressure off with that quick dump in the passing game there. Uh, Jamal Williams without COVID, if Swift isn't out, becomes a viable option. I feel like just at running. That one hurt me. That one hurt me this week. And then, uh, so, I mean, those running back situations, James. Oh, and I didn't even mention Kareem Hunt, by the way. He went out with an ankle. He said he could have returned if needed, but they they had the lead there. Rex Burkhead also with the groin. He was getting a bulk of the carries. I know it's like really digging deep and there's no upside to it, but at least it was like touches, which some Mm -hmm. people need to at least get through these buys we've seen. So, I don't know. Uh, these running back situations, uh, I mean, what's your take in general on, uh, well, you know, just looking at uh, specifically this Ram situation here with Henderson. I mean, if Henderson comes back, let's say he does clear it or whenever he does, maybe it's still a week away. I mean, there's a lot of talk out there like Michelle's overtaken his job. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I don't think Sony Michelle did anything extra special last night either, but Certainly to think that this has now become a two-man show. And um, obviously with Henderson's out, Michelle remains a a higher option. But if they're both healthy, I mean, these guys are flex plays with some pretty low floors. I would agree. I'll tell you what Sonny Michelle did really well last night. He pass blocked. I think that's probably why he stuck around in New England as long as he did, because he could pass block. And sometimes that's enough to keep you on the field, especially in offense with Beckham, Jefferson, and Cuppet receiver and Stafford, you know, the, the golden boy in LA this year. So Sony Michelle's ability, and he moved the pile once or twice when they needed yards too. Um, he never scored, but he, he looked okay to me. And I think he's good enough in a game. Cause remember Arizona, pretty good defense, right? He I mean, blew, I know everybody uh, with a full workload against Jacksonville and the fantasy verse turned him into like, you know, back end RB one, all of a sudden right. going into last, er, which, last which wasn't going to happen in that matchup. I mean, that matchup wasn't there, yeah. but I'll tell you this, if Henderson's not playing, I think Sony Michelle could be a back end RB one. certainly would be against, I think they have Seattle this week. Right. So he would be. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I'm just simply stating that if they both play, you're right. It Henderson becomes very is still going to have a role when he returns to health, and probably sure. you know he's going to lose some carries for sure. I mean, uh, and at this time of year, I, you definitely want to be able to run the football. But I don't know. I, I, I think it when they're both there, it could get risky playing either. Oh yeah. When we get to wide receiver uh, Terry McLaurin, I mentioned the goose egg he delivered um, was ruled out in the third quarter. We'll see how he goes. It with concussion, it's pretty straightforward. You either clear protocol or you don't. So. We'll be able to track that one fairly easily. Emmanuel Sanders, this is interesting, ruled out in the second quarter with a knee issue. Gabriel Davis has been ascending, and he uh, was part of a, a nice little DFS hit I had um, on DraftKings on Sunday there, James. And I'll tell you right now, if Sanders is ruled out this week, and based off of the targets and the snaps and the routes run and everything over these past couple weeks, uh I will have Gabriel Davis ranked in the wide receiver three range this week if Sanders is out. And because, A, I think the game flow is going to uh, support it with the Buffalo's matchup. Uh, here's a team, you know, we'll get more into the slate ahead and break down some of the games. But Carolina, not a very opposing defense. This Buffalo offense needs to get healthy. We know they don't run the football. But mm-hmm. that, I mean, Manuel Sanders hasn't really done a lot anyway. So, and he's an aging player, too. I mean, let's so be real. This is he's a match with, with the way Davis has looked, particularly in the red zone. 
I think I think he could be a sneaky uh, little back end stretch there. I, I've obviously got him in our dream league, but the, I, I wish I had him in a few more leagues because if he, I think he'll be if he, waiver wire. We're not doing a whole waiver wire report, but if he's still out there, I definitely grab him. Uh, so those are some key injuries. The buzzkill city, Elijah Moore landing on IR, keeping him out weeks 14 through 16. He was in the top five receivers over a five-week stretch here, James. And this is just crushing for owners that were really starting to feel the rookie buzz here with this wide out. That's a bad one. Um, obviously, it's something that hit close to home with uh, him on the Dream League roster that we, you and I play together, uh, Dynasty. I, I got another bad buzzkill injury. It, it already happened, Corey Davis. But uh, I just got to cry to you real quick. Four touchdowns. Two of them were in the first game. I bet the over a four and a half. He's out for the year now. Oh. <laughs> that one hurt. That one hurt on vacation. It's a good thing I was able to look at the beach and a bunch of uh, finely clad women in bikinis, including my girlfriend. <laughs> good thing she doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> she could care less about this. She don't even listen to you talk when you're next to her, much less to the podcast. But that's, that's all. true. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that sucks, dude. I mean, I have him in our dynasty best ball league there where we're both battling too. So it hits, and then the entire Giants receiving core, they're all hurt or on their injury reports. I don't know if I'm trusting any of them, especially unless uh, Daniel Jones gets back, which doesn't Seriously. look like it's going to happen anytime soon. And Kadarius Tony, this guy's made of glass. I mean, he's uh, pretty useless. James, some big things at tight end. I need Darren Waller back for my 16-team DAV league where you know I'm on the one seed but fading with all these injuries. And TJ Hawkinson. Uh, really mm-hmm. missing in Detroit. And I know he hasn't really lit it up and people, but he, I mean, you look at the numbers, dude. This guy's still been an upper echelon tight end one on the season. I mean, mm-hmm. he's tight end five with just the, you know, 12 games under his belt, missing a contest there in half point PPR. So the, you know, owners without him are, they're taking a hit in their lineups right now. So lots and lots of injuries to watch. And those tight end ones are huge. Yeah, because here's the deal at tight end. I mean, we've been talking about it already, and I've been thinking about I've probably been thinking about my tight end rankings for next year more than anything else so much. Uh it's just just because the weird way of this position it seems to be every year. But dude, you're right. At this point, if you have a tight end, a la Hawkinson or Waller, that you could just play without having to think, do I play somebody else? Like if you had another person, you'd be worried about flexing them, not playing them over them at tight end. That's a luxury that anybody would love to have right now. And I'm with you. I mean, as as the guy with Waller in our dream league. And not getting the buy either. I'd like to have him this week, big time, considering he was twenty uh, percent of our auction. Well, that's what salary. I'm saying. The, the high investment in Waller and Hawkinson. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't quite as high for him, but I mean, these are owners. If they made it to the playoffs, it's like, dang, man, I need that ROI, and this is the time. And heck, I feel that way about Kelsey right now. But uh, you're not kidding, dude. He let I made the playoffs, squeaked in as a five seed, but he let me down against our buddy Eric this week too in a match I lost by about six. Yeah. Yeah, well, I got him over in our do good fantasy, uh, and I squeaked into the playoffs there. And I, like Kelsey, we please show up for me, dude. Please. So, uh, well, that's the injuries. We already started to hit it the week. I love the late season football before all the college bowls started. Things kick off with a thriller on Thursday night, an AFC West showdown. The Chargers looking for the sweep against the division leading Chiefs for Kansas City, an opportunity to really get locked into that driver's seat for the division title in this contest. They're currently a four-point favorite, the total at 50 and a half. And James, uh, I do expect this to be a high-scoring affair, but Kansas City was handled pretty easily last time. I do think their defense is playing quite a bit better now, though. So Mm. as I generally do on Thursday night games, I am inclined to look at the under, particularly when the total's so high. 
I'm not prepared to go on the record and say that's the way I'm betting on this one, but I am tempering my expectations a bit here that that's going to just come right at the number or slightly underneath it. Uh, I mean, I am with you. If I've got a tiebreaker, the tiebreakers don't play the Thursday night player, and that may not be uh, well, the I'm situation. I'm not going to do here. that here because you got all elite options. I mean, I can't I, even think exactly. of a scenario of a borderline player unless you get into like Mike Williams. Earl Williams, maybe a Mike Williams in shallower leagues. Yeah. Certainly at the tight end, but, uh, Cook, if you're looking at him, guys like yeah. that. But this, I mean, this matchup, so normally I'm with you and I fade Thursday night it's a little actually, bit. Because I, short week. I, the line's up to 52 now. So I just tracked this this morning and it was 50 and a half. So it's jumped a point and a half. So they're getting a lot of early action on the over. But Not surprising. Look at this game. I expect fireworks on this one. Yeah. I'm not saying I think it's low scoring. All I'm saying is, is uh, I mean, there will be some fantasy production. Temper here. expectations that you should always do on Thursday. Well, yeah, I would. I mean, I don't think it. I don't like the. I, I won't bet the over fifty two. I'm not sitting here telling people to bet under fifty two, but that's a high total for me. And actually, the Chargers have also. Uh, dang, I wish I was out there today to get the four because it's already down to three and it's much juice to the one fifteen to the dog Chargers, which I was surprised about this line. The Chiefs aren't a great covering team, but hey, this is a big game. Then on Saturday, yeah, we're treated to uh, a doubleheader. Kicking off at 4.30 Eastern, Cleveland hosting Las Vegas. Cleveland coming off a sweep of the Ravens now, right back in the hunt here. Got a huge boost from the 49ers defeating the Bengals, and they're hosting a Raiders team that's reeling. They, they've looked good on Thanksgiving, but outside of that, it's been nothing but a debacle for Las Vegas over the past month. The total on this one, much lower at 42. Cleveland's favored by six. I'm not that dialed into the weather now. It's down all the way to three. Gosh, it's amazing how much lines change. And just I just charted these less than 24 hours ago. So it's three on the Browns. Uh, the total now at 40 in this contest. And then Saturday night, the Patriots and the Colts. Can we get a better Saturday night primetime game than this one? A game that the Colts now obviously have charged back into the playoff picture, currently in as a wild card team. And the Patriots, with especially with Lamar Jackson dinged, Derrick Henry nowhere closer to a return in the driver's seat to have the unamazingly the number one overall seed here. <laughs> but they got to go to Indy, James. This is not going to be an easy game for Mac Jones. The Colts are a two and a half point favorite. It's 45 and a half total. And I think this one is going to live up to the billing. I kind of expected to. And look, I know that Peyton and Brady are gone, but the history between these two teams is for real, too. So don't think that the Colts fan base is not going to be juiced up down there in Lucas Oil this week. So I'm very much looking forward to that one. You're right. That Browns game, man, only given three now. I kind of think I might I might have to get out there and get a piece of that Browns line while it's moved down. But the Colts Patriots, uh, rest assured, I will be most uh, dialed into that one, as everyone will be in the country. That really is a great choice that's panning out for that Saturday night game. We get to the Sunday slate, and because the buys are gone, we still got a full complement of the early afternoon games. Uh the main game to me at 1 o'clock Eastern to watch that I think, I mean, obviously the Tennessee-Pittsburgh game will be of interest to us in that AFC playoff picture. But from a fantasy perspective, I don't, I'm not sure that's going to be the most thrilling matchup. I think that might occur actually uh, when I look at it with the Washington-Philly line. And we didn't talk a lot about during the injury report, but can Jalen Hurts get back this week? I mean... The ankle injury limits him. We saw Gardner Minshew pick up a big win, but that was against the Jets. This is in the division now. This is in the NFC where everybody's alive for a wild card. And for the football team, I mean, Taylor Heineke, so you got two dinged up quarterbacks here. Antonio Gibson's been beating things up pretty good. 
that's really the best of it. I mean, a lot of lopsided games there. Houston, Jacksonville, James, a relive of week one here. I, I know this. I'm done betting on Houston. I teased them up to 15 and a half last week. They once again killed my teaser. I will not bet on Jacksonville. This will be a betless game for me for sure. Miami, they get the Jets, so they're going to keep up their winning ways. They're charging right now. It's just they interesting are. to see. But Carolina, Buffalo, the Bills, if they can't bounce back here, I mean, what is going on? They are fading and fading quickly. I'll tell you what, of all the teams that seemed like the front runner at one point, uh, only maybe the Bengals have have stalled out worse than the Bills at this point. But every AFC team outside the Patriots has done it and Good Lord, they got the buy to kind of take a breath. But you're right. If the Bills can't get it done against the Panthers, who quite frankly are not a good football team in so many regards. I mean, you've got uh, yeah. your superstars out at running back. About the Sam quarterback to resolving back. door. They're like, oh, he could make a difference down the stretch. He could. I'm not going to touch this game either because Buffalo has been playing so bad. I just can't lay, can't lay the points. points. And I'm sure not taking them. Four four o'clock no, game. No, no way. I'm taking game. Cincinnati at Denver. That obviously is a critical game. The loser of it's probably going to be out of the wild card baser. Seems that way. Yeah. Uh, you've got that contest. You got Atlanta at San Francisco. Niners obviously looking good. Seattle, the Rams. You talked about that. The big one. The four twenty five Eastern kickoff in Baltimore, where we are unsure if Lamar Jackson will play or not, but he'll go up against Aaron Rodgers. The Packers looking to stay in the mix for the buy and the number one seed. There, they're getting some help because. Obviously, Arizona getting beat by L.A. helps them, but they have to go to Baltimore and win this game. And if Jackson's in there, that, that's not an, that's not an easy out, James. Oh, no, no, not at all. And, I mean, I hope we have so much more clearance on this situation when we get to Saturday and we start talking lineups because because it's a 4 o'clock game, you know, who would be your pivot if you had Lamar? I mean, maybe it is Huntley. So, again, you know, even there, maybe a chance to handcuff your guy. But I want to see – Look, as a Bengals fan, I want to see the Ravens lose, but as a football fan, I want to see Packers Ravens at full as close to full gear as they could be, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what the TV networks want to see. The Packers are a five point favorite right now, though. The total is just at forty three and a half. You got the Rams only a four and a half favorite uh, at home to Seattle, which is crazy. I know it's a division game. The Bengals are getting two on the road against Denver. And then we got the Sunday night game. I don't know why this didn't get flexed out. The Saints at the Bucks. It's like, who cares? It's a 10.5-point spread, but I thought there was a reason we had flexing to get rid of these late-season crappers. Camara, what are you going to put in there, 49ers-Falcons? Camara goes from the Jets. I would have put – well, I would have put the Packers or Bengals, Ravens. Bengals-Broncos, actually. Packers and Ravens. is Bengals-Broncos would be certainly a better game. Heck, I'd rather watch the Titans and the Steelers or the even the Washington football team versus the Eagles. Okay. that's You know what? I, I think the only reason this didn't get flexed, I don't know when it's they have Tom to make Brady. it. It's the only recall, reason it didn't get flexed. It's flexed. Tom Brady. And keep in mind, the Saints did win that game and kind of beat up Tom Brady last time. Yeah. So. You are right. You are right. But it's not going to happen here. The Bucs at home, I, a 10 and a half point favorite. And Camara goes from playing the Jets to the Bucks. Talk about a, a juxtaposition. Vikings hmm. and Bears, uh, the Monday night game, the Vikings laying one on the road to Chicago. Did play a little bit better against Green Bay. They're a little dinged up, though, and Minnesota, obviously, uh, fighting for their playoff livelihood. Should be a good one there, indeed. And, James, as we always know in these playoff fantasy weeks, I always think about, like, who am I going to have or be going against in this Monday night game I'm going to sweat? So, I don't How about have- Adam Thielen? You going to have Adam Thielen? 
I mean, dude, I'm in like seven playoff games this week. I'm sure I'll have some exposure, but off the top of my head, I don't feel like well, I just I mean have, with him missing last. I week. don't have any of my Dalvin Cook team still in the playoffs. Um, so yeah, I, I got uh, Justin Jefferson, and I don't have Justin Jefferson still alive. He was only in my KFFC. I like. It wasn't. I dislike these guys. It's just I'm you know. No, I got thinking you. about my teams that are still alive. I don't have a lot of exposure there. The question will be if Hurts is out, do I start? Justin Fields versus the Vikings. This is my 16-team league where there's literally nothing. I would have to go either Matt Ryan at San Francisco or Justin Fields versus the Vikings. Fields for the fun on Monday night. I think, I mean, dude, if you take even the Monday night out of it, it's like, I mean, Matt Ryan at San Fran, that just doesn't uh, sound I mean, Jared Jared Goff had a game-winning touchdown throw against the Vikings a couple weeks Uh, ago. Let's get over to Thrive Fantasy. Let's make our picks. You should get over there, too, by the way. Uh, Lots of things going on. You can be like Skeeter Robinson and win $10,000 this week. They have a $40,000 guaranteed contest already set up for week 15. It's 20 bucks to enter. First place takes home the 10000 and uh, always a lot of fun with Thrive Fantasy. You can get a 100% instant deposit bonus match up to $100 when you sign up with the promo code FANTISTICS. And James, I didn't even score Skeeter stuff last week. I'm assuming because he took home the ten grand, he just beat me, but I knew it wasn't going to calculate into our contest, so I'm not going to report on last week's results. But I will tell you that the last week you were here, you actually kicked my butt with two of your three. I only hit one, so you picked up 205 points to my 90. You now lead 1,220 points to my 1,070 points. So you've opened up a 150-point lead, my man, and we only have four weeks to go. So I guess uh, if I don't start doing something here, that's not a lot of points because I just need you to go over mm-hmm. uh, to really which, pull Which I've done. <laughs> we both have done plenty this season of that, so anything's possible. But, my friend. We will let you get the first pick over here on this main slate this week. Your choice, whatever you want from all the options, what are you going to go with? I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence, and I'm going to go over because I want 115 points here. I feel like one and a half total passing touchdowns, and I know it's been awful in Jacksonville, but guess, and I, I know what, they got shut out last week. But guess what? Houston's not good either. I could see this being a sloppy but exciting firepower kind of game that just kind of materializes out of nowhere because you don't have a whole lot of talent, but you don't have a whole lot of talent on defense either. Trevor Lawrence should be able to get himself right. I don't know what to make of the whole situation. That game's dead to me. I'm eliminating (laughs) it from my mind. Oh, it should have been my last pick then. (laughs) Yeah, well, too late. I mean, I'm not saying I hate it, but it's like I'm not even trying to figure out that game. It's just gonna I get you. I'm gonna give those two teams a bye anyway this week. I mean, in, in certain season long situations, you gotta do what you gotta do. But you know, from a from a DFS like props, any bets, it's not happening. I I'm gonna it. start with something I feel pretty comfortable about. I don't love the under eighty five points, but I do love Julio Jones under five and a half receptions. I mean, that's his whole season right there. Five and a half catches. Isn't it? I mean, I'm not pulling up the numbers here, but at Pittsburgh, I get the Steelers have been lit up a little bit of late, but I'm sorry, dude. I, I'll bet I'll take the bet against Julio getting the six receptions. I actually like that quite a bit. I will use that one, but uh, I cannot use it against you right now. I'm going to go with an under two. Miles Sanders. I talked about how disappointing he was. Washington at Philadelphia. The total is 0.5 rushing touchdowns. So maybe it happens to be a passing touchdown. Uh, if Jalen Hurts doesn't play, I might take this one out of my 10 picks. But for right now, 
I'm going with it. I'm going under 95 points, a half a touchdown. Miles Sanders does not get a rushing touchdown. Okay. Okay. I can get be. I mean, gosh, based off everything you said, it just seems so logical, right? Seems ninety five is is too high. <laughs> like it should be sixty five. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I'm looking for something. I'm trying. You know, I want to score a lot of points. I want to do different things. But at the end of the day, I got to make up ground somewhere, right? And for me, one of the bets I like, and it, it's it's. I get it's a little risky based off what we've seen, but the Lions stink. I think the Cardinals are going to roll him. He's so due to do something good and get a touchdown. I'm going to go over the half of receiving touchdown for 115 points on DeAndre Hopkins. I don't mind that. Get him healthy, right? Healthy mentally is what I mean, but get him going. Get him right. Uh, I'm going to stick with the receiver. I'm going to go with the touchdown prop as well. The touchdown total, 0.5 receiving touchdowns for one DK Metcalf. Russ ain't right. The Rams have found themselves rolling again. Uh, Kyler Murray was throwing picks. I don't see Russ eating this team up. I think the Rams roll. DK Metcalf has been ignored in this offense lately. So, again, I think the under at 90 points is misvalued. I think that's an easy 90 points. I think the, the spread should be bigger. It should be less points, so I'll take it. I am not disagreeing with that one there. I'm going to go homer pick on this one, James. The Bengals have dropped two straight games, and a big reason why is because they're getting away from Joe Mixon again. I get it. The offensive line was dinged up, especially in that Chargers game, but they're fully healthy now. In Denver, they are stacked in the secondary. So I think the game plan has to revolve around the ground game for the Bengals, getting physical and winning that game up front. I'll go over Joe Mixon, 90.5 total, rushing plus receiving yards for 100 points. I considered it. I considered it. I do not dislike that at all. Um, now we're getting into the thin, the the slim pickings, if you will. Um, I think uh, I think there's a, a number of those these picks left. I'm I'm considering. I want to go Jerry Judy, but I'm not going to go Homer or anti Homer. I'm going to go Kyle Pitts. Right? There's only a whole. There's not a whole lot left for Atlanta. The total for receptions is three and a half. It's a close one. I'll go over for 95 points on three and a half total catches. He should certainly see more than four targets. Let's hope he pulls them in. Yeah, it will be interesting there. Uh, my ice pick, I'm going an INT for Ben Roethlisberger, over 75 points. Uh, well, Big Ben is old. He's slow. The line's terrible. The Titans, so much more to play for here. And Big Ben, uh, I'm going to say he gets picked off here, James. Don't mind it because it doesn't have to be a DB. It could be a batted, batted ball by the D-line, which is something that can happen with Big Ben being slow moving and not getting out of the pocket. All right, well, I look forward to catching up on Saturday with you, my friend. Uh, if you want to catch up with us there, be sure to catch James and I every Saturday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, Fantastics Insider Football on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Name a few. Get it at any time at insiderfootball.com. It's also where you can find all the tools for season-long and DFS. And, of course, follow us on Twitter at Dan Claskins, at James Adams, and at Fantastics. Till next time around, we appreciate you listening. We wish you the very best of luck. We'll catch you next time right here on the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast.